Welcome to season two of the Love Good Podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, recording here in the greatest city on planet Earth, maybe next to Rome, Nashville, Tennessee. In fact, we just had European patrons. Shout out to Becky and Neil, our very first patrons, some of our early adopters in England who were visiting Nashville just a few weeks ago. Really incredible time of just like checking out Jack Daniels, the distillery tour and doing some live music downtown and just experiencing, at least for them, an American Thanksgiving. And uh, what was really crazy, just like now, a few weeks ago, the weather was back and forth, back and forth. So I don't know where you are in the world right now, but in Nashville, it's threatening snow one day and then it's just like hitting 60 degrees degrees and sunny the next. I hope at the very least you are staying warm out there in these weeks leading up to Christmas. This is my favorite time of the year. I just love it. And today I'm sitting down, as I always do every other week, with Alana Boudreau. And she got me talking about probably the most awkward, uncomfortable thing ever, which is dating and relationships. It was supposed to be this really cool conversation about humor and intimacy, and it just spiraled. Well, let's be real. It's actually like an incredibly rich and interesting conversation, but just know that I'm quite literally squirming in my seat for most of it. I hope you sit back and enjoy it as always. Hope you're having a wonderful week and we'll be back in just a few moments. We wander back home with a waltz in our soul. It's a dance at the leaves It's quarter past eight. You're going to be late. It's time to let you go after all. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, sitting down with Alana Boudreaux. Hello, everybody. Well, Alana, I know in a minute we're going to talk about humor, intimacy. That's exciting, but I have just a funny feeling you've You've got a question for me. I do. I do. I, I really am wondering, do you have a pre-date ritual? How do you prepare yourself oh. for, for the dating game? This is a good question. I'm going to delay my answer by saying the following, that I got into a conversation with you and Jessamine and Marisol, the rest of the Love Good team, mm-hmm. our little staff. This was like yesterday. And I have to say, I sort of like walked away from the ocean of estrogen, wanted to come right back into it. And you guys were all telling your your best war stories of first dates. And yeah, yeah I felt a little out of place. Yeah. And uh, I feel a lot of place now, like in a good way, fish out of water. <laughs> How do I prep for- You're under the microscope. This is first date. This is important, right? First it date. Is. It's the first date. Most of my first dates are with women who live far away. Okay. Now, I don't understand this about myself, but- if I look at the last like five or six first dates, these girls have either lived in other countries or other states entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say I don't have a prep. Like do you buy a plane ticket? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm definitely thinking about the logistics of things, yep. but I'm probably not thinking much about what I'm wearing. I'm really not. Even like where we would go, I'd figure it out 24 hours in advance. Yeah. Once I uh, went to Islands of Adventure theme park. 
for a first date. Oh, really? That was, and it was just fun. Yeah. Harry and Potter did, world and all. Is that your ideal situation where it's kind of like... Yeah, because, well, that's a long day. Let's be real. So that probably only day. ideal if you think there's like some real potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I don't know somebody, no. But if I know somebody, I think, ah, oh, man, this would be cool. But I haven't had one-on-one time with that person doing something kind of friendly and fun, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. involves a couple of casual meals. Like you you will know at the end of that day. You've got yeah. almost enough data yeah. collected by the end of the day that would be like the, the equivalent of five dates maybe, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. You think, all right, if I'm a little bit bored or a little bit uncomfortable, yep. like in a bad way, right? the anxiety is strong. I mean, these are the things I would think Those about are on good the first cues. date. Yeah, yeah. Good, good things to listen to. Yeah. Um, There's got to be excitement for round two to even be possible. You know what? I, that's really important. You have to be attracted to the person. Heck yeah. You know? And, and I think sometimes people forget that they, mm. yeah, it's a crucial element. And know, chemistry. It's just you got to want to hang out. You do. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you would hope that you like the person enough that mm-hmm. down the road you still like hanging out. You know? I mean, it's yep. just kind of, another question I had though was, I'm really I thought gone. we were going to transition. Oh, no, not yet. I'm nervous. Nope. Still got you in the microscope. And you can ask me any <laughs> questions too. What is something that bothers you that women do? Oh, on a what? Date? You did not just ask me that question. I sure did. What something? Uh, oh, you know, this is easy. I I don't want them to be easy to get. Mm. This sounds like an obvious thing probably now that I'm saying it, but like I want them to seem it's like I want them to be so confident mm-hmm. that I almost think they're unobtainable. Okay. Does that make sense? I think Even so. if the word obtain is horrible. I think what I'm trying to say, this is why I hate talking about this stuff. I always dig myself into a hole. <laughs> I really don't want to know how interested she is. Like right. I want to yeah. have to fight for it. I want to have to win her over. I and if, if I've yeah. won her over in the first date, I'm going to be too bored to come back for date two. Sure. Does well, that make is, sense? It does. Yeah, is that, that harsh? No. I mean, I guess the only thing that came to mind when you said that was, does that, do you think you run the risk of potentially, you know, getting bored with someone when you think you have yeah, yeah, gotten totally. their attention? Which would be certainly presumptuous of me, wouldn't it? Well, it's just a potential. But mm. I, I agree with you that I think confidence in the other person is so attractive, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, you don't, you don't want to date someone who's looking for their identity in dating or in you. Or, Sucks the life out of me. Right. Yeah, me too. It's just like if it's obsessive or just too too yeah. intense, it's like I don't feel like I can be honest about who I am because yep. it is, it's just too overwhelming mm-hmm. or something. So, yeah, actually Rilke, the poet, talks about uh, the importance of appreciating one another's solitude and kind of meaning I think he's saying yeah. you just have to appreciate that you are a distinct person that other person's a distinct person. And if you end up getting together and maybe even getting married, whatever, like, you're not going to complete each other. Like, that's a very common theme in our culture, this idea of, like, you know, I'll stop the world and melt with you and we'll become one entity or something. And it's just not – nobody really wants that. I hope not. No. I mean, in those who do, I just can't give it to you, you know? No, no. <laughs> this right. is interesting. We're not even meaning to do this, but we are definitely, like, kind of talking around so much of – popular music, mm-hmm. frankly, like a lot of the books that women read, I think, you know, you think about like the fantasy oh, sure. genre, oh, yeah. um, a lot yeah. of the, I think the struggles that, I don't know, the disillusionment of a lot of men 
I don't know. I feel like this is this is a little bit, you know, bigger than just dating. I feel like this is probably something happening on a cultural level. The the scrambling to like find your identity and find your meaning, whether that's in another person or mm-hmm. and you're there's so many ideals of love that are predicated on that idea. And yeah. it's just not a practical idea. It's not a sustainable idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so Which but, is interesting. What does this have to do with humor and intimacy? Because well, we all want intimacy, that's for dang sure. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. But I but before we get there, I, I did want to tell you what bothers me on a date. Oh, I this is the part <laughs> where I ask the question. What right. bothers you most? One of them is not asking questions. <laughs> Dang it. Um, and just keep that in mind. A lot of the time a woman will ask you a question hoping you will mirror it back to her. <laughs> so keep that in mind, guys. But the other one, the other thing, Jimmy, that's happened like quite frequently. Don't tell me. Let me tell you, maybe you don't do this, but when I get in the car and they're playing a song so loudly that you can't converse. Is it your song? No, thank the Lord. That, that would be... be, I would run in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I would run away. But that's, and I, it's like, I understand. They probably, they're excited music fits the mood or something, or they want me to hear music that they like or that they think I would like. But, but it's too loud to talk. It's too loud, and we want to talk. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, you, you, I right? know that. That's okay. That's, that's I got that. I, did, I would. Think, I did not know about the mirroring a question bit. So thank you. Yes, but it's also really helpful to come up with questions, like to initiate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means women love that. Like, I, would you yeah. rather be hairy, 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 or bald? No. Personally, I would like that kind of question. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, I would be delighted with that kind of question, but I'm weird. So, you know, but, but yeah, specific questions. Do you like cheese? What's your favorite kind of cheese? Oh, that's really specific. Yeah. What, what kind of music reminds you of your childhood? Well, here's an interesting bit. Like, I think my great failure in most first dates is I just go too serious too fast. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a struggle. You know what? I, that's. I often find that as well. When I get mm-hmm. really serious and like worried about how something's going to pan out or even like overthinking something, it just, I don't know. I, I suck the fun out of it. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, I don't keep a good sense of humor on a first date unless I'm at an amusement park. Then I'm pretty good. There you go. Yeah. 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 Why do you think that is with a sense of humor? Like what is it that prevents us from living in mm-hmm. joy? And in those moments. I mean, let's think about it. A lot of insecurities are potentially sure. rising to the surface. Yeah. You feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're also just like curious. Maybe in my case, you're a bit like even skeptical, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of first dates. I don't have very many second dates. Yeah. Most of them have gone from first date to really, really serious and then not worked out. Yeah. Or just been first date and like that, eh, no, you know, mm-hmm. and then on. So that's on kind of at play, like history is at play with how much yeah, you're right. able to. I put too much pressure on the first date. Be lighthearted. That is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Can't just have fun. Right. And I feel like that's, I find that in a lot of different areas of my life where I'm just not giving due credence to the present moment being the only one I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like the past obviously does factor into the people we are sitting here right now. Like even sometimes I'll, maybe you've had this moment too occasionally, maybe you haven't, but when I'm like brushing my teeth, I look in the mirror and I'll like be struck by my contingency and like all the people, the ancestors behind me who lived and died and here I am now. You know what I mean? Like Like when I'm walking through a cemetery, yes. (laughs) Not while I'm brushing my teeth. With which hand do you brush your teeth when these thoughts come, the left or the right? 
It's the right. Wow. The, the left, the thoughts that come with the left-handed brushing, <laughs> they are so out there. I can't even tell you. But but I'm saying that I think that that's like part of why why it can be hard to have that sense of humor and, and to encounter whatever is in front of us, yeah. whether it's a person or a piece of art or a book. Hmm. We get so easily distracted by anticipating what we think might happen because of what's happened before. Yeah. And it's but it's it's a losing game. You mm-hmm. know, if you focus too much on the future or the past, it really paralyzes you. Mm. So I don't know. That's kind of a It's really good. It's it sounds like hopeful optimism coming out. Yes. I do have some of that. You oh, do. I do. It is strong. <laughs> Seriously, I mean I think I mean I even look at our friendship like Actually, there's been some like fairly intense moments when you're on the road and you're showing up in a new city every day, you know? And, yeah. And then suddenly, like, what was it? Six months ago, eight months ago, you came on board part time and yeah. like, woof, like that's a whole nother thing. Like learning how to have a professional relationship, even with friendships, you know, colleagues, whatever you want to call the people that you work with. But in my case, they're all friends. It's like, it is so easy to just get serious. Yeah. Like yesterday, we had a pretty intense meeting. You know, we're mm-hmm. like looking through numbers and we're chatting through budgets and we're thinking about the next three to six months. You know, that's great. Any good business would do that. <laughs> it's just really easy, though, to like forget the joy of, of these kinds of moments and these kinds of conversations. Right. You know, there's like right. a humor and intimacy, humor and friendship, humor and encounter really, mm-hmm. really go hand in hand beautifully. You know? I think so too. And I think that seriousness when it's like, I don't know, when it's really heavy handed and shows up a lot in me, I think sometimes it's related to like shame. It's mm. a mechanism because either, and I think like shame and pride go hand in hand too. Yeah. You know, like when you're ashamed and you feel like you're not worthy to be present or be heard for whatever variety of reasons. I think, at least for me, it can cause me to withdraw, yeah. get really intense and kind of like a little bit forceful and just more intense than I need to be because I feel like I've got to defend my place. Defend. i got to prove That's something because right. yeah. I don't. I'm not resting in that just like a childlike ease of like, you know, mm. you watch children, they just run around like chickens with their head cut off. They're Nothing just free constantly. and like happy. And yeah. so to be able to get back to that original native stance of just knowing that I belong, but without having to like constantly look at that question, yeah. you know, like that's, I feel like where so much of my seriousness comes from, or just even, mm. you know, you, you hear it enough, like you're so sensitive or you're so intense, like intense is one of my trigger words. I like, bet. don't yeah. tell me yeah. I'm intense. I, I know I am, words, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's bound up with that fundamental, mm-hmm. like, am I worthy of love? And I think maybe, maybe that comes up even in the dating game or like job hunting. You just kind of which is so dumb. You pull in because yeah. you're afraid that mm-hmm. the answer is no. Yep. You yep. know, like, yep. so I don't know. I mean, for you, would have been, would have been some ways where you've either seen through that lie or moments even where you've just felt like mm. you could bask in like, hey, I don't need to prove anything. Like, let me just enjoy this for what it is and know that I'm worthy to enjoy it, you know? I mean, I think the reality is not just humor, but like joy, it brings you outside of yourself. Like seriousness is like an intense living within yourself. Yeah. And I actually don't enjoy that very much. Mm. I I know that Mm -hmm. I've got to go there sometimes, but I don't ever really want to go there on my own behalf. 
Yeah. Like part of the joy of being kind of serious when it comes to love good mm-hmm. is that I really care about you guys. Right. I care about our apprentices. I care about our artists. I care about our patrons. There's a seriousness about the task at hand because it's motivated by love. Yeah. Love for people, mm-hmm. real people with faces and names and relationships that I, I cherish, you know. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> if I start to apply that intensity or that seriousness about kind of my own state of being or my own, you know, mood at any given time or my own, yeah, confidence or at the other end of the spectrum, insecurity, mm-hmm. not very much fun, not very much fun at all. So I have yeah. a, my great grandfather used to always say, you know, take what you do seriously, but don't you ever dare take yourself seriously. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of wisdom in that. There is a, a lot, lot of, of joy. There is a lot of freedom. Yep. Freedom. Yep. I love that. Well, here we are basking in the freedom of not taking ourselves seriously. Yeah, Love what a, is good. Yeah. You know? And that's a good exercise for you and I, this whole sitting here just chatting. It's like, <laughs> we're not totally sure what's going to come out of our mouths, everybody. <laughs> we have no idea. We really don't know. And yeah. that's, it's actually a really wonderful exercise in just being totally present and it like is. trusting it as it unfolds, you know, that you guys take what you like, leave the rest. I mean, that's kind of one of my mottos. And this is good for me to just sort of, ah, I guess like, yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Enjoy whatever topics we bounce around and hopefully some people resonate with them. Mm-hmm. And what I do love is like sort of stretching across the spectrum of things that we talk about is this constant, hey, there is actually something good worth pursuing. Like there, there is actually like a, a certain training of the heart to love what is good that it, it actually requires conversations like this. It yeah. requires like wrestling with all of the ridiculousness that is life, all of yeah. the joy, all of the suffering and everything else in between. It takes a lot of courage, though. Yeah. You know? It and takes I, running the risk of mispronouncing a word here and does. there. Uh-huh. It does. It yep. does. And putting yourself out there. I mean, it's it's not just the life of, of an entrepreneur or an artist. I mean, it's pretty clear to see how people like that put themselves out there. But all of us do it every day by just getting out of bed Mm -hmm. and running the risk of making a fool of ourselves. And you know what? If we make a fool of ourselves and we can just let it be what it is, it'll be a heck of a lot of fun along the way. So uh, as always, Alana, thank you and look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. All right. I am behind. I am behind. Never mind all my pain for I am Well, I think it's safe to say the Love Good Podcast has officially gone into uncharted territory. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Alana Boudreaux and I. It certainly made me uncomfortable, but even listening back to it now, you know, I hope there's some wisdom there, especially for me to think about joy in the way that that brings me outside of myself. So wherever you find yourself this holiday season, as you're prepping for Christmas, as you're creating memories with family and friends, let's fight for that joy that we all long for, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of 
changing circumstances, there is so much joy to be found, especially in not taking ourselves too seriously. We love you guys. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And if you haven't yet heard, we just hit over a thousand subscribers on YouTube and we have new videos releasing almost every week for the next several months. So hit that link in the episode description and we'll see you on YouTube, social media, and the incredible content we're always putting up by emails or on the podcast next week. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.